Uh, thank you, Lord, for this class and for the brothers and sisters who are here. We uh, want to learn more about how to share our faith, and we just really want others to come to know you. Um, and we want to be involved in your plan and be in step with your plan and be more bold to, to obey your plan and all that stuff. So please give us, um, uh, say, stir us, stir our hearts to your Holy Spirit. Teach us through your spirit, um, and that we're that we're changed. We just don't hear this stuff and, and don't do it, but that we're encouraged and emboldened to to uh, just to do our part, Lord, which is to share you. And uh, for those names on the board, well, we all we all do some names up there, God. Give us opportunities to speak to them, soften their hearts, so that they can be restored to you, Christ. Amen. Amen. So you had kind of a homework assignment that was to just begin to pray for God to put some people in front of you that you would have opportunities to share the gospel with. Does anybody have any of those stories that we can celebrate together? Yeah. Sunday, we, uh, my brother, uh, Trisha, Chris, and all of me. <laughs> no, no, no. But you know what? My lesser half. Yes. Chris, uh, we had the opportunity to uh, talk to my brother, and it was intense. The devil really has had him for a while, and um, you could see the moment he those chains were broken. Wow. He became fluency. Um, His whole body went limp, and he was like shaking. Like nothing cold, ever wet, before. like he was drenched in sweat. Like, wow. like, like, cold to the touch. Um, uh, it was amazing. It was amazing. It's something a prayer that I've had for a long time. And Wow, so he like legitimately gave his life to Jesus. That's rad. Well, we should pray for him right now. I'm, I'm glad you brought in the spiritual aspect of this concerning the devil, right? Like, I mean, we're not going to make much of that in this class. But Jesus tells the parable of the sower who sows the seed. And he says the seed that falls on the rocky ground that gets snatched up by the birds is the seed that... Uh, is, is spoken, but then the devil comes and snatches it away. Um, so we should pray for him, that he becomes a seed who is in the, the good soil. So let me do that. RJ, right? No, Joey. 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 Oh. Okay, I'm sorry. I've not met Joey. Have I met Joey? He was there sometime. So I think I saw him, but I don't think I met him. Well, let me pray for Joey. God, we thank you for this wonderful news. We remember what your word says about how heaven rejoices more over the repentance of one sinner uh, than any other thing. And so we thank you for that. And we pray that the seed that was sown in his life with the gospel would be the seed that grows into good soil. We pray that he would choose to be one who puts down deep roots into your word and into the body of Christ and leans into the Holy Spirit and entrusts his whole life to you, that he would grow and uh, would grow to maturity. Lord, we pray that you would do that work and bring people around Joey that can encourage him and support him in that. 
Um, but Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit into his life. Bring radical transformation, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. And that, that, that's one other thing that's kind of interesting is like, there's no, um, you know, in this case, it was kind of sensational, right? Like you said, his, he kind of went limp and like he was sweating. Is that what you said? Uh, and then you've got like C.S. Lewis who tells the story of he was on a bike ride and he left his house not believing in God and he got to the zoo and he believed in God. And like, he doesn't even really know what happened between there, between point A and point B, right? But it was very intellectual and not very emotional. So, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, any other cool stories? Yeah, Chris. Well, I don't know. It's not as intense, but it's, it's a start. I guess, but I mean, it's all relevant, right? I mean, mm-hmm. because it's coming to God. But my friend Aaron up there, who I love like a brother, mm-hmm. uh, actually, we met just uh, when I was in Indiana and he was here, and we just connected because the prior, prior military and what we like to do. Next thing you know, I'm, I'm coming to visit this guy, and we're just hanging out, going camp, doing amazing things and great things. But he's, he doesn't, he doesn't really believe, right? He doesn't believe. Let's put sure. it up, okay? But I told him one day years ago, I'm going to get you. <laughs> and he's like, okay, man, you know, whatever, you know. But he's cool because I, you know, said, you know, God bless you, man. And he's, you know, doesn't get up defended. He's just like, okay, right? But just the other day, uh, we were texting. And he's like, hey, man, I got to be a better friend to you, whatever. And I'm sorry, you know, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, that's cool, man. I mean, we're all busy. We have lives. We have families, whatever. He's like, all right, whatever. We talked. He's like, yeah, we're going to get our kids together and whatever. I'm like, okay, cool. Right, I'll talk to you later, man. Whatever. God bless you. You know, whatever. And he goes, and may the Lord keep you and protect wow. you. I said that to him. And he writes back. Now, it would, well, it's a big deal because he writes, and let Satan stay away from you. In that manner of speaking. Sure. So, to me, it's an acknowledgement regardless yeah, yeah. of how he said it. Yeah. Because an atheist, right, wouldn't even... It's a step towards you. where you Wherever you are, it's... But he's, yeah, right, so he's acknowledging yeah. Satan. Yeah. So attorney knows there's a good and evil, right. and in some kind. Well, I'm just saying how small that might be might be totally bigger so, than I know, and I need yeah. to keep pound, not pounding, but yeah, <laughs> in a gentle yeah, way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, keep praying and keep. But he acknowledged that. That's speaking. what I'm talking. Yeah, about. that's he acknowledged cool. that, and he did, he doesn't get offended. So I know, you know, love it. Yeah. So there you go. Um, there's a an old poem, a great poem called "The Hound of Heaven." And when you said, I'm going to get you, right, to this guy, the, the whole poem is about how God is like a, a bloodhound, you know, and he's got your scent and he's going to chase you down. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it's kind of a beautiful poem about God's relentless pursuit of people. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so it made me think of that. That's cool, man. Um, you know, an- another thing that my dad says that's helpful is people give you permission with the things that they say. So if you ask somebody, you know, how's your marriage? And they're like, fine. And that's it. Then they've, they've shut it down, right? They're not really giving you permission. But if they say, well, you know, it's, it's okay. Well, they've kind of given you permission to ask, really, okay, why is it, you know, what parts are not okay? So what I'm getting at is, this wasn't a question. Right. But those little comments are a kind of permission. He's not telling you, go away, shut up, get out of my life. Right. He's giving you some... It's an open-ended response. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's not a closed Yeah. Yeah. But that's what the thing is. I think we need to be more key at that, too, when we're listening to others. Yeah. 
You know, totally. Some people just might like, okay, but he didn't really directly say anything yeah. to me, and they might just assume that they don't want anything but the way they answered. Yeah, I love okay. it. Right, but you have to be more in tune with, you know, God to understand the person. I don't know. It's all <laughs> absolutely. And another piece of that is people's lives are dynamic, right? So we may have a conversation with somebody one time, and they're like, "I'm definitely not interested in that." And then years pass, and the circumstances of their life change. They go through different experiences, and then. They're more receptive because things change, right? So people are dynamic. Our life experience is always changing. Those are cool stories. I didn't have an opportunity. Well, I shouldn't put those in those terms. I did not take any opportunities to expressly share the gospel with anybody. Um, but I had three crazy things happen this week. I bumped into a couple that through when I was a chaplain... I helped through a real serious crisis that I had the opportunity back then to share the gospel with. They've come to church a couple of times. I think they see themselves as Christians, but they're not, they're not walking with Jesus. And I bumped into them at Walmart. And then the very next day, I was trying to, we're trying to help our kids go to camp. And so I was selling some bread online. And one of the guys who responded is this guy named Brady Root, who lives here in Maricopa, who I've known for years. And, but I've not seen him. And I've had the opportunity in the past to share the gospel with him. Um, and he ended up at my front door and then, uh, a guy who used to come to Maricopa Springs many, many years ago, who eventually left and supposedly thinks he's Buddhist, reached out to me and was like, Hey, let's get together for coffee. So like no, no immediate opportunities, but here we are talking about this and praying and God's like, just putting these people in my life. Um, and I'm only seeing those ones, right? Which other ones did he put in my life that I just wasn't aware of? So let's keep praying, let's keep asking, let's keep looking to see what God's doing. And I think we'll, we will see God be faithful to answer that prayer. Um, yeah. Can I tell the story about the kiddos in Voxum? Yes. So the kids play this video game called Voxum, and it's like a video game and you chat. Um, and the Leonard Ibarra, I guess there was a guy on there who doesn't believe in God and talks about it, and they have a chat room, and so... They're fighting against each other. Okay, this sounds like a novel. But anyways, <laughs> the guy killed Leonard on the game, and then but Leonard, he had to go away, so Leonard ended up picking up all of his gear and putting it in a chest. I don't know how to play the game. But the guy comes back and says, hey, man, why'd you put my stuff back in my chest? Because otherwise you would have lost it. And he said, because I forgave you, because that's what Jesus did for me. Right. And so, like, it was just really cool how even the kids yeah. are, like, <laughs> Sharing the gospel on video games over message chat. Yeah, out of the mouth of babe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right, what about the book? Any learnings or thoughts from the book? Uh, I think he opens with an important idea that, like, we're all unbelievers to an extent, right? We're all kind of struggling with that. That that we, we actually need to call one another to an account, right? I mean... If you're, let's just use marriage again, going through a hard thing with marriage and you're talking with somebody and you're like, I just don't know, you know, we're, we're going through this struggle. I don't really see how it's going to work out. That's a form of unbelief as, as a Christian, right? And that, that thread of unbelief can be found in many different places in our lives. Um, I really like the, where he talked about the learning a language. Yes. And... Um, and I realized how much Christianese we speak. Yeah. And how the person next to me in the in the checkout line 
probably doesn't want to hear from me that I'm so glad I'm being sanctified day by day. Mm. You, you know? Right. Um, yes. That's not, not very effective. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's really interesting because we do speak this, this Christianese, and, and it's not actually something that translates to people. Yeah. <clears throat> and then we end up not, actually not very good at showing how the gospel does speak to their everyday life, right? Like, you know, you might be at the, how many times have I been checking out at like Fry's and I'm talking to the person and then just, you know, how's your day going? They're like, oh, I'm tired. You know, I don't want to be here anymore. It's like, man, Jesus said, if you're weary, come to him, right? And not that that's like the best place to say it, but the, the point I'm trying to make is we, we, we're, we're not always very good at seeing how the gospel connects to the particular issue that we're dealing with with people in front of us. Um, and, and I think the gospel fluency idea connects with that. Yeah. Um, I was just going to piggyback on that idea. I love the immersion idea of immersing, immersing ourselves in God's word so that it's the lens through which we see everything in our yes. lives. Yes, yes. Um, and that's how we kind of move from you know, kind of, kind of speaking Spanish into like the where he talked about calling his parents and actually not even realizing he was speaking Spanish, speaking in Spanish because of the immersion. Yeah. Like we immerse ourselves in God's word, and it becomes that lens through which you see everything and we apply it every new life. Then it's not about even looking for opportunities. It's just who we are and yeah. the language we speak, no matter where we are and what situation. That would be a great place to be. I'm obviously not there, but yeah. Um, I just think that's kind of working with international programs and thinking about our language and the immersion programs and how we teach students to live in different countries and to be able to do, do, yes. and do things like that. It was an interesting concept for me to think about that yeah. immersion into God's word and understanding that language um, isn't just surface, because that's what we talked about. It's not just right. surface, it's not superficial. It's actually who you are and who you, who you become and what you believe. Amen. And, um, that's good. And, and I think connected to both these things, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I think what he's kind of beginning to get at is actually, where do you learn to speak this kind of language? You actually learn it in the community of Christ, right? If I'm able to speak Christ into Matt's life and what he's going through, then I become more competent to speak it into my neighbor Brian's life, right? Like I'm learning about how the gospel connects to all things. And then I become more competent to speak that gospel language into all things, right? Um, so that's that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, did you have a follow-up thought to that, Alma? Um, huh? Oh, me yeah. Alma, go um, ahead, yeah. Um, I was mentioning a few weeks back about, you know, being a miracle of strength and not really connecting as much as I would like to. And one of the things I do like to do is kind of discuss you know, maybe what the message was that Sunday, you know, what the Bible talks about iron, iron sharpening iron, and, and how, you know, you really, like you were just saying, when you speak that to others, and it really drills it down home to you, but it also encourages others. And um, my daughter watched um, Sunday, the message online, and so immediately after, and I knew she was watching all but immediately after she texted me, and she was like, talking about everything that was in the message, and then we were going back and forth in this conversation. And it was so cool to be able to, do that, and I was really encouraged by the message, but encouraged by the conversation after yeah. about the message and how it's yeah. applicable in something that we're very familiar with in our lives and our situation and our family. That's cool, that's powerful. I love it. I really like this section where he talks about um, speaking the truth in love. We hear that all the time. Okay, I'm, I'm speaking 
the truth to you, you're screwing up, you're gonna burn in hell, you shouldn't be just living with your girlfriend, right. you're probably doing this wrong, and I'm, I, I'm telling you because I love you, man. Let, he says the truth is Jesus. Yes. So you're just telling people about Jesus. Yes. You're not telling them all the stuff that's. Yes. You know, I just because that's that's not very effective. Yes. Kind of lead with the, the bad news. Yeah. <laughs> and and there may be a place you know in a conversation to talk about the doctrine of hell. But if you're talking to the guy who's sitting with his girlfriend, why not talk to the deeper like you're looking for a connection in this person. That actually you can't find in any person. That, that that person is only a hint to something much greater, right? So there are different ways that we can approach that without going straight to the doctrine of hell. And I'm, I'm not suggesting that we should avoid the doctrine of hell. If it's necessary, talk about it. But that's not always the best place to start either. That's not always the mo most effective way. If we look at the way Jesus talked to people, he doesn't always go straight there. You know, He talks about it, but that's not always the, the route that he takes. Um... Bill, you were going to say something? Oh, I was just going to point something that I got from the book that really kind of changed my perspective for the week a little bit. Is, uh, it was just real simple. It said, uh, uh, what is the question? Jesus is the answer. Yes. What is the problem? Jesus is the solution. And so through the week as questions arose or little problems and, and I don't have big problems I'm just no fat man that's retired so uh, but you know as as little questions or little problems came up that popped into my head and it was it was uh, it was so cool that it 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 brought me down to the level of 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 humankind I you know when when I'm talking with someone and they bring up, or we bring up, or the the the, uh, the subject of 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 uh, the gospel or salvation or something, I, I have a tendency to kind of gloss over it at a higher level mm -hmm. and move on instead of really getting to the heart of the matter. Yeah. And uh, and I had an opportunity uh, Wednesday uh, with this guy I played golf with. They, he's He's a, a, a fellow recovering uh, addictive personality, mm. which you know I'm not so sure of what we all are, but but uh, uh, he he thinks that he the, the 12 step program has really saved him, which it has. It's it sure. probably saved him from death. But uh, but you know he's developed a higher power. He's always talking about God. This is and look at what God's done here, but. And, and I just would kind of respond in kind. But so he said something about uh, being a Christian. And we were talking about politics. He says, Christian life. And I said, oh, what do you mean by Christian? Well, he says, uh, you know, I try to live a good life and, and do what is right and treat people well and, 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 and so forth and so on. And I said, well, you know, that's good. So do you think that's going to pay your price into heaven? And he says, well, I hope so. And I said, well, you know, Man. we probably need to talk a little bit. I said, uh, you know, do you believe in Jesus? Yes. Well, do you believe that he died for your sins? Yes. Well, do you believe that you're forgiven? He says, not really. Wow. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're having a trip Friday where we're going north for about an hour 
to captive home, audience and he's driving <laughs> oh yeah so uh we, we've uh, I, i've been praying about it ever since and it's like you know hey here's 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 a chance i mean he 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 acts like he really wants but he has never really understood yeah. what it's all about yeah are you comfortable sharing his name his first name his first name's bob okay okay would you pray for bob right now absolutely <clears throat> Father, we come to you uh, <clears throat> in faith, uh, uh, believing that uh, that your word, uh, that the hearing of your word produces faith. And so we pray for Bob today, Lord, that uh, uh, that Bill would uh, be ready in season and out of season. Uh, in this case, in the car next to Bob while he's driving, and. Uh, and I don't know what more in season could be than that. And uh, that you would give Bill the exact words uh, th uh, through the Holy Spirit to uh, speak to Bob's heart, to uh, cause uh, the Holy Spirit uh, uh, to act upon Bob, to regenerate his dead heart, and to bring him to faith. And uh, that you would use Bill in a, in a mighty way in, uh, as, a, as a blessed participant. Uh, in this possibility. So uh, we uh, pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. 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 It sounds like he just needs an invitation. He, believes, he just needs an invitation to respond. You, he believes in God. He believes he's a sinner, that he's screwed up. Right. He believes that Jesus died for sinners. Exactly. Yeah, he, so that we have a way to God. All you have to do is ask, would you like to follow Jesus and accept him so that you can be assured that yeah. you have a way I mean, to would you, would you, would you like to respond in that yeah. way? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's led a real sordid life. Uh -huh. Sure. And Join the club. <laughs> Join the club. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he's, he's got involved in some pretty heavy duty things back in the East Coast, spent some time in prison and did some things that I, in his heart, uh, you know, right now, I don't think he thinks he's forgivable. Mm. Sure. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and and I've come from that. So sure. Yeah. We've got a lot. To then talk. God has sovereignly placed you in this car on yes. Friday when you go for that ride. It's perfect. Uh, I'm going to keep us moving. So you mentioned, you know, every problem points to Jesus. Every question points to Jesus. You know what's fascinating? When people have problems, I think most of us naturally look for some way to solve it, right? I mean, if your coworker is talking with you and they're like, oh, I'm having these health issues. And you're like, oh, you know what's crazy? I just had something kind of similar and I found this great doctor and let me refer you to them, right? Or, you know, somebody is telling you about some other problem they have and, I don't know, a leaky faucet. And you're like, oh, I called this plumber and it was helpful, right? And you point them to that. Uh, if, if they've got a question, if it's in your power to answer it, you try to provide it. But... This concept that Jesus truly is the answer to, you know, maybe not the leaky faucet, let's be realistic, but he is the answer to those soul problems that people have. Do Let's go back to the, the, the kind of um, opening chapter. Like, do we actually believe that? Or do we have unbelief that, no, Jesus is the answer, like, kind of for me, but th that's not what this person needs right now. Actually, they need that therapist I saw. <laughs> no, they need Christ, Right. Um, and, and I want to read a passage to you from Colossians chapter 1, just so you don't think that the author of this book is making this up. Listen to this. Concerning Jesus, Colossians chapter 1, beginning of verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God. 
the God that this guy's looking for, this higher power, Jesus is the image of that God. He's the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. In other words, what Paul's saying there is, everything points to Christ. He is central to everything. right? And if we can get good at this gospel fluency where we can help people understand that, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to fall on their knees right there. You know, who knows? Bob may not. He, he may prefer his higher power, but if we can help people see, like, actually the problem that you have, the solution is Christ, right? Is chapter, that? That's Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through, like, 22, I think That's it is. Okay. Uh, so I'm already way behind. So I, what I want to do, so last week we gave you a biblical foundation for evangelism. This is on page 7 now. Uh, and then we talked about the obstacles, the things that prevent us from doing evangelism. I just want to very quickly give you a theological foundation for evangelism. Okay? Why do we stop after talking about Bob and pray for him? Because God takes it from God's yeah. got this. Yeah, because you, Bill, do not have the perfect words. You don't have the intelligence, you don't have the, the honey tongue, you don't have the, the biblical wit. Like, there's no, um, I'm, and I'm, I didn't mean that the way that it maybe sounded. There's no amount of biblical wisdom or intelligence or gift of speaking or, or any power that you have that can move Bob from dead to alive in a spiritual sense, okay? So this is what's really important is we are not responsible for the outcomes, we are only responsible for the inputs, right? We can share and we can pray and we can encourage and we can be a light and we can offer the gospel of truth. But at the end of the day, only God can actually open somebody's eyes. So, I mean, and I've got a couple of verses down here. John six forty four. no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. Acts sixteen fourteen. the Lord opened her heart to give heed to what was said by Paul. John 15, 5, Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing, okay? And I'm not saying that doesn't mean that the person doesn't have a choice in the matter. They do. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't be intentional in the way that you explain it. You should. I'm just saying you don't have to carry the burden of getting out of the car on Friday and Bob has not stepped into the kingdom of God and go to sleep thinking, I'm a failure. I'm terrible at this. I should never do this again because it'll never work, right? Does that make sense? God changes people's hearts, so let's appeal to him to do that. And then let's get good at sharing the gospel, and let's be proactive to share the gospel. And let's, let's put, like Richard was saying, in front of people that decision, right? You, you know that you're broken, you believe in God, you've heard about Jesus, what are you going to say about him now, right? Any questions on any of that? Okay, I sped through that because I want to make sure that Gabe's got enough time to cover his stuff and then... Um, and then I've got some other material at the end. All right. Thanks, Reed. Yeah.
Uh, and it, David, if you get cold, you're welcome to shut that door. So I want to share something real brief before I start here. <coughs> the, I think last week um, I talked a little bit about um, uh, you know praying uh, every day or either the night before for God to put someone in my path that I could share Jesus with. And I've been praying this a long time, a long, a lot, a lot of years. Right? He's never not answered that prayer, which is just amazing to me. Right? Um, and I thought, you know what? <clears throat> so, you know, sometimes. Uh, we uh, in faith we need to just step I don't want to say our game up a little bit but that's I guess our attitude up a little bit our game whatever right and so uh, this morning I added to that prayer something I've never prayed before right and and I added uh, Lord give me uh, a bigger heart for evangelism or a stronger heart for evangelism Right, and give me, and then I said, "Well, if, I, if I'm gonna ask for that, I'm gonna ask for one more thing, Lord. Right? Give me a sense of urgency for evangelism." And so, uh, and then I just said, "Amen," and went about my day. And then today, around uh, it was around uh, two o'clock, uh, I stopped at these folks' house that uh, I've never been to before, and they called to get some water delivered, and I went there and I uh, delivered their water and. Uh, the gentleman was in his, I want to say his late 80s, maybe early 90s. He, he had a, uh, what do you call it, the uh, tube for breathing oxygen, right? Real frail, right? And, and, uh, and then he uh, told me uh, that his wife was inside and he asked him if I could meet his wife and introduce myself because she likes to know who's coming on the property. So I said, well, sure, right? So we, we walked in the house and, and, and he introduced me to his wife. His name is Dave and Rita. I want us to pray for them uh, when we get the chance. And I came to find out in talking with her that uh, she has uh, advanced brain cancer. And she had like all this uh, hair, hair missing and you could see the, uh, the effect of the chemotherapy. And, and, uh, and it was... I asked, I, and I remembered right then the prayer from, from the morning. And I prayed for God to, you know, give me a bigger heart, but I didn't ask him to break my heart, because that's what happened. And, and uh, I, I couldn't think of anything else to say except to talk about Jesus. That there, there was not, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't say, like, how you do I couldn't say anything but to talk about Jesus, because the urgency was there also, because these folks were... Uh, 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 basically both close to death. And, and I found out that uh, they weren't uh, believers and I was able to share Christ with them and uh, I prayed with them and um, uh, nothing came of it right there, uh, at least that I could see visibly or hear audibly, uh, except that I did tell them uh, before I left that, you know, our church is going to come alongside you. We're going to we're going to bring you food. We're going to we're going to come visit you. We're going to uh, we're going to uh, kind of adopt you. Uh, I think is the word I used. Uh, uh, so you can see how uh, we're we're all about Jesus. Everybody in our church, and they said that that was okay. So I'm going to be pressing on people here 
Robert. <laughs> Robert's my go-to. <laughs> All right, so I just wanted to share that, that uh, man, God just answers his prayers. Uh, when, when, uh, when, when we want to talk about Jesus and about uh, his kingdom. Right? All right, so what is the gospel? Uh, there's numerous ways we can think about the gospel, right? uh, which allows us to speak the gospel into every kind of situation in people's lives, just like this one, just like today. There was a situation, uh, there was different ways to, uh, uh, to think about the gospel with these folks in helping them and maybe feeding them, maybe in uh, visitation, uh, maybe just holding their hand through a tough time, right? All kinds of opportunities there. And, uh, and here's some uh, primary ways that we can think about the gospel. So we'll go over to page eight. So number one, it says, Jesus, repent and believe. So Jesus began to, uh, to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. In Mark uh, 1, 14 and 15, it says, Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And uh, we go on to say here that on this point, we would do well not to think of this as some kind of a transaction. Um, because the danger of thinking of, of uh, something as just a, a mere transaction here is that that's what, that's what uh, would describe maybe easy believism or cheap grace, okay? And, uh, and I know that you all believe along with me that, there's, uh, that uh, there was nothing cheap about the uh, blood of Jesus. So, and then we think right things about Jesus and pray a prayer of forgiveness and we become a Christian. So it, it, just, it just doesn't work that way. I mean, that's not, that shouldn't be our approach, right? Where we're just gonna, and, and you see this all the time. You see this, uh, um, you see this with uh, Joel Osteen. He does that little prayer at the end, you know, and that's his, you know, effort at evangelism, which is pretty weak. Right, just pray this prayer, and you're all good, right? Can I add something here? Yeah. Sorry. You know, the repentance thing may sound really harsh, but I think this, again, goes back to this question. Paul presents this question. He says, what fruit were you getting from the things of which you are now ashamed? Remember back to when you were living that way and the kind of fruit that you reaped from that? Was it satisfying? Right, so like repentance does have kind of like a harsh angle to it, but I think the question is, are you satisfied doing what you're doing? Right. And I think most people feel deep down, no. Right. And especially when we and and uh, you know when we talk to folks about what repentance really is, right? Uh, that it's not it's not just asking uh, for forgiveness, right? Um, and I know it gets, it gets uh, preached that way sometimes, it gets taught that way sometimes, right? But if, we, but if we're just asking, if we're just spending all our effort in teaching people, just ask God to forgive you, right? Uh, we're, we're, that's not really preaching the gospel. Because what happens is, if somebody starts to believe that, that kind of approach, then they think, well, I can just keep sinning and just keep asking for forgiveness, right? right? Which actually leads to the next point about uh, the cost, right? Um, real quick, uh, Romans six twenty one was that verse. If anybody wanted to get it, 
So Jesus encourages people to count the cost of following him. Luke 14, 25 to 33. So therefore, any one of us who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Um, but again, salvation requires no prior works. Right? You can't get ready to get saved. Uh, you can't change your life to get ready to, uh, to uh, trust uh, God for, for salvation. It's God that does the work. Uh, however, repentance and relief are the first fruits of a lifestyle that naturally flows from trusting Jesus. So once a person is born again, that's, that's what we're going to see right away. Or that's what we should see right away as an evidence, right? We're going to see that they do uh, repent. Uh, we're going to see that they, uh, uh, they uh, speak in ways and act in ways that show that they're uh, beginning the journey of trusting God, right? And this is not merely an invitation to salvation. Again, it's an invitation to a lifestyle of being like Christ as we live in his kingdom under his leadership and authority. So the second point here is Jesus, come follow me. Jesus was not inviting people to just acknowledge the truth uh, or have some vague notion of, of faith in him, right? Jesus was inviting people to pass from death to life by renouncing who they once were and becoming one of his disciples. And I like this right here. Jesus was not concerned with making Christians. He was making disciples. Right? So this, this is, uh, there, there has to be this uh, change that, that God produces in the believer, in the new believer, uh, that, uh, that they can't do on their own, that they, 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 they could try to fake it maybe, but if they won't. It won't last long, right? Gabe, I think this is a really effective one for Christians. Mm-hmm. If you're talking to somebody who calls themselves a Christian, but their their life is a mess, this idea that I think you've understood who Jesus claims to be, but you've not actually put him to the test by following him. Right. So you think you're a Christian because you know Jesus. Mm-hmm. But you haven't yet tried actually obeying him, right? And maybe your life would look different if you actually put obedience into practice, right? And obedience after the fact, not before. Yeah, because right? you're not going to obey yourself into into right. salvation. You're going to you're going to yeah. obey because you're saved. You're going right. you're going to obey out of out of out of gratitude. You're going to obey out of out of uh, uh, the love that uh, Christ is producing in your heart, uh, where where you're actually understanding how much God loves you, how much He gave up for you. Uh, that's what produces, uh, or begins to produce obedience, right? And then Matthew 10, uh, 30 and 39 says, And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Uh, again, another mark of a believer, right? Um, I, I'm just curious, uh, if somebody could tell me what they think it means to take up your cross. Yes. To um, take up your shame and sacrifice, or sacrifice yourself, or, yeah, die in your sins, so that you can be resurrected. Okay. Anybody else? Take up your cross and follow me. 
Yeah. Yeah. Has a, 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 a definitely an element of surrender, right? Of surrender. Um, it's, 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 I, I think we can mistake this sometimes for uh, taking up our cross, where it, it's this, this idea of where we have to carry a burden now, right? Where we're actually, some, some people do that. I've seen people do it. They make up like the, you know, these burdens and they, and they walk, and you can see they have no joy, right? They have no joy. And, and they're really missing uh, uh, the joy of the Lord uh, because they're producing this burden, this self-inflicted burden. And then they say, I'm just taking up my cross and following Jesus. Okay? And, uh, but really, that's not what they're doing. Right? Number three, it's an invitation into a relationship with God. So the gospel is an invitation into a loving and eternal relationship with God. Right? Uh, Galatians 4, 4 through 7 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, an heir through God. When do we lose that relationship? When did we lose this relationship? When we lost it at the fall, right? Adam and Eve, uh, when they sinned, they uh, lost uh, the ability to be in relationship with God anymore. Right? Not only that, but... uh, in losing that relationship, they lost the ability to commune with God. And so, when we uh, when we come to when God brings us to faith in Christ, when we are saved and we are born again, we are restored to that relationship. That's why the Bible uses words like reconciled, right? And we're brought into now this relationship where we can actually. Go to God and talk to God and pray to God and, rel- and depend on God and understand that, uh, that he loves us and that he's faithful and, and someone that we can depend on. Uh, like, uh, like that book was pointing out, uh, uh, that relationship is Jesus being the answer always uh, to every question, right? I think it's important uh, when, when we're talking to folks about uh, coming into a relationship with God, uh, why it's important. I mean, wh- where are you without that relationship? These are good questions to ask. Right? What's your life been apart from God? And you'll get all kinds of answers about that. Right? In Romans... Uh, 8, 14, and 17 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Did I already read that? I felt like it did, no? Same as the verse above. It's incredible. And of children and heirs, heirs of God, and follow heirs of Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. So now there's this, 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 Relationship is, is uh, termed in another way. It's called adoption. 
where we actually become children of God. And, and, and uh, I've talked to lots of folks that if I ask them uh, the question, uh, uh, do you think you're a child of God? They, they said, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, God made me, so I must be a child of God, right? Well, we're not a child of God because he created us. Like, we're not a child of God just because we were born uh, into this world. Right? In fact, we're, uh, until we're saved, we're quite the opposite. Right? We're not adopted. We're actually, you know, the Bible talks about being enemies of God. Uh, you know, being um, uh, uh, resistant to Him or, or, or living in unbelief and, and total dependency on ourselves and not on God. Number four, restoration of God's intention for humanity. The gospel is the good news that God is redeeming and restoring humanity. All of the desires and hopes of the human heart find their satisfaction in this good news. Uh, Revelation 21, 3 through 8, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He, uh, he will dwell with him, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with him as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. Isn't this encouraging when you read this? And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. So there's the bad news, right? I think we talked a little bit earlier about maybe not leading with the bad news, right? Uh, uh, I used to do that. I used to be that Bible thumper kind of evangelist in, in, my, in my early uh, in my youth, right? and I didn't, I because didn't, I didn't understand uh, that um, uh, that uh, people could respond uh, to the gospel call uh, without having to press on them with, with all this bad news about hell and about uh, destruction. In fact, uh, uh, a pastor who was um, uh, the pastor that kind of got me into uh, wanting to uh, 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 be in, in an evangelistic ministry, he took me aside one time and he said, look, the, when you make hell the reason that you must be saved, that you must be born again, you're, you're placing an unfair burden on that listener. You're, you're making it a selfish decision if they make one. And, uh, and a, selfish, a selfish decision is never going to be a right decision. In other words, you're going to come to Christ because you're afraid you're going to go to hell. Right? It's a selfish decision. And so uh, there has to be a, a kind of tempering of that. I think you start with the good news. But, you know you let them know what consequences are of sin, because there are consequences of sin, but you do it in a, in a proper way so as not to 
make it an emotional, selfish decision. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like what he said in the book, he's like, sometimes people come to Christ that way, but then that's all God is to them. It's just the escape of that that consequence. But Jesus is for so much more in our daily lives, you know. Yeah. And I, I would say that for number four and number five here together, a great word is the word freedom. Mm. Because if you look at those last words in verse eight, cowardly, faithless, detestable, murderers, sexual immorality, sorcerers, adulterers, all liars, etc. Connect that back. Verse four. What does that produce? Tears, death, mourning, crying, pain. Right? So... What Jesus is offering is freedom from those things that lead to the pain and the death and the suffering. Yeah, and I think that uh, um, I think Scripture talks about it in, in terms of kind of a healing too. It's, it's, it's not, you know, we're not we're not saved so that we'll be healed of infirmity, but we we are healed spiritually, right? Says by his wounds and we are healed, right? So the issue is, is the person we're talking to, do they feel the weight of their own sin? Do they believe that? Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to argue into them saying, well, you're sinful. Yeah. But they're not feeling it. Yeah. And so if kindness, it, it's your kindness, Lord, that leads us to repentance when we realize the depth of our own depravity. Yeah. You know, I had my journey to get there, and everybody has that journey. And so, but that's a step. You have to take that step, or you won't. You won't accept Jesus as the yeah. solution. Yeah. And you have to understand that's the problem. All right. Yeah. yeah I, I think so. Your brother Joey, when you were describing what was happening the other day at church, you know, I, what came to mind was conviction. You know, he was he was being convicted uh, by God, and and uh, and I got to witness it last night, actually in person, right? And uh, we were praying uh, on our Monday night uh, group. We, we decided to pray Acts, right? And uh, so we were praying, and and about uh, what, did we get to confession yet? Okay, just go. Okay, <laughs> so we're going around the you know the table. And I lead into Robert, and, and you know, we're all praying, and I'm talking to Robert in his ear. You know, I'm saying, hey, does, do, do you know if, if, if Joey's made a confession of faith? You know, and, and, and he said, no, I don't think so. And so I think it's time. Right? So then when we got back around to Joey, I, I, I kind of timed everything out, and, and I just started talking right to him. And, and it, was, it was just the most amazing thing, right, Robert? It was... It was you know, yeah, we talked a little bit about um, uh, being God's enemy, about acknowledging uh, sin, and uh, but he was just, uh, you, you, I, I just knew in my heart it was just time to, to invite him, like, like I think you had mentioned, it was just time to invite him, right? And, uh, and I could already pray after that because I was so excited. But you've been doing that your whole life. You've been inviting people your whole life, I can tell. Well, <laughs> yeah, but, but, but not, yes, but, 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 but it's, it's just sometimes it's, God just tells you, uh, he just lets you know, I mean, if you're putting the effort, if you're, if you're, if you're committed to um, um, sharing Jesus with people, right, in, in, in every way that you can think of, in every situation you could think of, 
you know, it's, it's not a big leap at that point to, 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 for me to think it's time, right? And I, you know, and I found out it wasn't time maybe a couple times, but, but this just, uh, I just knew in my heart uh, what the result was going to be. And, and, and that's only because God gave me that faith to believe that, right? So it was pretty exciting last night. Gabe, I hate to do this, but I'm, I'm going to give you like eight more minutes. Okay, I'm almost there, I think. Um, the good news, so uh, gospel literally means good news. It's the good news of God's grace, which has worked in the world to bring salvation for all people. And we herald the good news, uh, the salvation is possible by the work of Christ. And you can read uh, for yourselves Titus here, 2, 11 and 15. Uh, and then the note here is important. Let's note that, uh, that here that salvation is more than just eternal life after death. It's also access to the God imaging, godly lives that we originally created, that we were originally created to live in the here and now. Okay. So the, here's the question: Do we really believe we have good news to offer? Amen. Right. Uh, the solution to every problem, the answer to every question. That's that's where that was from that book. All the problems that people face are ultimately the result of our disconnection from God. If we can discover what issues people are facing, we may be able to show them that reconciliation with God is the answer. The best way to do that is just to learn a lot of questions to ask. Okay? Ask, ask questions that aren't yes or no questions that require some kind of response. And we're going to get into that, I think, later on. Right? And then, uh, what if we don't communicate the gospel perfectly like this? Uh, we should strive to present the gospel rightly, but if we don't get it perfect, it says right here, don't sweat it. Don't, don't worry about it. Uh, because remember the first point uh, from above, we are responsible to proclaim the gospel, but God alone has the power to change hearts. Right? God can work through our poor efforts, so be encouraged. And I love this, God is able. Right? And think about two Paul. Paul? There couldn't have been anybody better than Paul to proclaim the gospel, and half the time he got just thrown out of the city, right? So, like, you can save the best there is and still nothing, and you can save very poorly in the results. So. Yeah, and I've said it poorly a million times. <laughs> uh, and then let us strive to do this well. And again, read for yourself uh, the uh, uh, scripture cited here in 1 Corinthians. We do not need the power in, our, in ourselves and now what that means, we don't need our own power, right? Because there is a power in us. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. But this is talking about we don't need our own powers. It's not something that you can uh, dredge up or, 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 or think that you might, you know, uh, be able to uh, create that power uh, to do God's work. Uh, the power is in the message and in the God who is the origin of the message. It is very important that we are able to actually explain the gospel clearly and simply. Right? And this is something we should invest time in and effort in improving it. So you do have to practice this. I mean, you have to memorize scripture. You have to, uh, uh, you have to pray uh, uh, that, uh, uh, that God gives you the, the, the heart to evangelize and that he quits people in front of you. And then he does the rest. Surrender. Surrender. There you go. All right. Thank you. Do you mind reading that quote from the Master Plan of Evangelism? Where is it? It's towards the bottom of, of that page there, under the, yeah, let us strive to do this well. 
The first Corinthians. The second bullet point under yet. The stripes. Did you want to? Oh, the fact that disciples. That one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that disciples were of the common lot of mankind was no hindrance at all. Right. It only serves to remind us of the mighty power of the Spirit of God accomplishing His purpose in disciples, fully yielded to His control. There you go, Bill. Surrender. After all, the power is in the Spirit of Christ. It's not who we are but who he is that makes the difference. Amen. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Gabe. All right, so let me uh, cover what is not evangelism, because I think that there's some misconceptions here as well. So uh, I would say evangelism is not apologetics. So somebody tell me what apologetics is. Like defending the faith? intellectual arguments for the existence of God or how rational Christianity might be? Yeah, defending the faith, rational arguments. I remember when I was in uh, like eighth grade, I went on a, a retreat with my youth ministry. It was called a battle retreat. We were going to go learn how to like argue for the faith. And we did. And I, I learned there about the, the cosmological, ontological argument for the existence of God. And I was like, oh man, I'm going to wipe people's you know, wipe people the floor with this argument, right? And I go back to high school and it's like, nobody cares. <laughs> um, so there's a place for that, but that's not evangelism, okay? Uh, and you can read why the, that's not evangelism right there. It, it's, I think it's important to know, to, to be able to, you know, make an argument in defense of our faith. But when we're doing evangelism, we are not resting on the power of sound arguments to persuade people. We are resting on the power of the Spirit of Christ, okay? So there's a place for apologetics, but when we're just sharing the beauty of Jesus, we're not attempting to make these deeply philosophical arguments for why Christ is true. Does that make sense? Questions on that? Okay, so I'm not poo-pooing apologetics. I'm just saying apologetics is not definitionally evangelism. All right, number two, it is not paying it forward or doing nice things for people. One time I was driving through the Starbucks drive-thru and uh, I get up to the window and they're like, the person in front of you paid for your drink. I'm like, oh, that's cool. If that person did that thinking they're going to, by that act, point me to Jesus, they were wrong. Because nobody ever explained to me that it was in Jesus' name that my coffee was free that day, right? So, just doing nice things, pulling the weeds for your neighbor, that's great. You should do that. It gives you opportunities to maybe share Jesus, but that's not the gospel, okay? So, so, yeah. so, so my little uh, saying that I put with that is don't leave them guessing. Yeah. Right? Because they, they could guess all kinds of stuff while you did that for them. Right. You say, well, that guy must be Mormon or Jehovah or something. Yeah, or he's right? Buddhist. He's good, hoping for yeah. some good karma today, yeah. you know? Yeah, totally. That's good, Gabe. Thank you. People will quote this from St. Francis of Assisi, who is a brilliant dude, but he said, preach the gospel at all times, use words if necessary. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it's a cool quote, but words are always necessary. Because the gospel is repent and believe. The gospel is Jesus is Lord. The gospel is God invites you into his kingdom. Right? The gospel is you're forgiven. And until people hear those words, they can't understand the gospel. Like, isn't it fascinating that God speaks to us in his word, words are necessary, okay? Um, so definitely do nice things and pay it forward, if you will, but 
don't think that that's the same as evangelism. Um, next, I would say evangelism is not discipleship. So discipleship is the end goal. Jesus said, Jesus didn't say go and evangelize. He said go and make disciples. But evangelism is the precursor to discipleship. Okay? Uh, and, and really the second bullet point here I think is where I kind of get, get to the point is the difference is until someone gives their life over to Jesus and submits to him as Savior and Lord, we cannot expect them to conform to the life of Jesus. So I think it's really sad that when somebody walks into a church, a lot of times, you know, let's just say a, a rough, you know, kind of steel worker guy walks into church and he's like, oh, F yeah, this building's really cool. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Oh, F yeah, I really like the music. And we're like, man, this is a church. Like, you don't say the F word around here. <laughs> but he's not a believer, right? So we, and maybe we should tell him not to curse around the kids. Don't misunderstand. The point I'm making is, we should not expect that people who do not have the Spirit of God will conform to the image of Christ. So evangelism is the invitation for them to first look upon Christ and believe in him. The conformity to his way comes after the faith. Does that make sense? I think sometimes we want people to conform, and they've not even crossed the line of actually trusting Jesus. Um, number four, it's not a sales pitch. It's not a marketing campaign. You don't have to close the deal. Uh, you don't have to do something gimmicky to make Jesus, you know, more acceptable, more palatable to people. Um, we want to give people the real Jesus and it's his job to seal the deal. It's his job to impress them. It's not our job to do that. Uh, number five, it's not an invitation to church. Okay. I think it's great to invite people to church. I think you can. Uh, but, I mean, if you think about, if you think back over the last couple of months as we went through Genesis, some of the stuff that I was preaching on, like, if you're not a Christian, there's no way you can understand some of that stuff, right? And, of course, we trust God to interpret things. Like, if, if there's a non-believer in the seat and God wants them to hear the gospel, he's going to do that work. So I get that. And, and I'm not saying you shouldn't invite people to church, but sometimes inviting people to church is actually the wrong first step for them. Because they walk in the door, they hear a totally foreign language, they, they find themselves in the midst of a community that they don't fit into, and then it's kind of like, yeah, that religion thing's not for me. Okay? So what I'm getting at is, yeah, maybe invite people to church, but that's not the same thing as articulating the gospel to people. Any questions or comments or concerns about any of that? I would also add that at Maricopa Springs, like different churches have different philosophies of ministry. I came from a mega church. Their philosophy of ministry was uh, you invite people to church, you build relationships, you invite them to church, we will present the gospel, and then we will conform them to Christ. We will disciple them. Um, after years of being at the church, it was a great church. I just realized my philosophy of ministry is different. I want to do Sunday morning church gatherings for believers and equip them to understand the Bible so that they can go out and live it out in their lives. And then if people do come, that's great, but they're sitting in on kind of a private family meeting when they come to church, unless they are a believer. Any other thoughts or comments or questions on any of that? I like that. I think that this section kind of goes with, I think, chapter two in the book where he's, uh, 
he's talking, he gives this gospel message to this girl who's part of this group but not saved yet, right? She's like, Jesus is the answer to your problems, all this stuff. But I think sometimes I get overwhelmed thinking like, man, I have to translate my whole worldview to someone. Right. But the, the way he just simply said what well, Jesus says and Jesus does this thing, I think it's, it's uh, kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe it doesn't even have to be that sophisticated. Maybe it's like, man, I hear this problem that you're going through. I think Jesus is the answer. I'm not entirely sure how to give it to you right now. But like, if, if, if we were to kind of hang out, I could help you figure that out. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, Alma. Um, there's something every time after I wasn't going through a cold spring anymore, but I would run into you in certain places. Culver's. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, Ultra Star, used to be Ultra Star. You, the first thing I would say, how's your soul? And I'd be like, Yes. <laughs> and um, I didn't stop thinking about it. But it was really interesting because I kind of adopted that. And when I started this new job back in October, I was there for three weeks working with people. I, I don't know them. I didn't know them. I didn't know them when I worked there before, so they were all new people. About three weeks into this, I was sitting in my office, and all of a sudden somebody came right in my door, shut the door behind them, ran to me, and just fell into my arms. This mm. woman started bawling. Wow. I knew her three weeks and her husband they're going through this whole thing wow. and she starts kind of like in the chapter where she about this Muslim her husband is like oh we'll get him blah 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 and she was talking all these things about her husband and what he's putting her through and after she stopped crying I looked at her and I said how's your soul mm-hmm. and that was a great moment mm-hmm. because I'm like that that came to mind but how are you how's yeah. your soul how yeah. are you feeling? so yeah. it just kind of you just never know when God's going to put you in a situation yeah. and it really is about drawing the person to Jesus, and not necessarily about talking about the person who you're having the issues with. Yes, that's good. I stole that question from my dad, and I think it's a really powerful question. There's a, a great book by John Orberg called Soul Keeping, where he delves into this idea that like we live in a very materialistic world, and you know people are thinking mostly about their finances and you know the material things, and there's a place for that, but you have a soul. And uh, all of the deepest parts of who you are connect to that soul. And I, I don't think people even think about that. Like, how is my soul, right? I feel things, but I'm not, I don't, I don't know what the condition of my soul is right now. Um, and I like soul better than heart because heart, you know, it just has a different aspect to it. That's a, that's a cool story, Alma. Thank you for sharing that. So, Grady, I'm going back to where, where Gabe left off, right? I just highlighted this and kind of looking at back what the book was talking about. Right, it was uh, bullet seven here. When Gabe was up, it says, if we can discover what the, what issues people are facing, we may will show them that reconciliation with God is the answer. And when I think of discovering, you just hit the key point, right? We kind of need to be better listeners. Yeah. Right? And not just provide some solution like with the, the example with the, the, the ex-wife right the husband and ex-wife yeah. where all of a sudden we're we're centering everything to a, a particular solution and right. not making Jesus the center right right so I yeah yeah kind of I heard what Josh saying you're saying and kind of tied back to yeah you know that's good this key point here. and we're going to begin to talk about like you know some kind of more practical ways like how do you do this we're we're, we're creating this sort of biblical, theological, philosophical underpinnings, we're going to begin to talk about the more practical aspects of this, and that's one we're going to spend quite a bit of talk, uh, time talking about, is like the importance of being a good listener, 
uh, if you're going to present Jesus as a solution, then you need to know what the actual problem is. And you get to that point by actually caring and listening. Um, so thank you. All right, you do have a little bit of homework. I want you to read chapters four through six in Gospel Fluency. Um, I know I need to order a couple of books. Are there, is there anybody who still doesn't have, have a book who wants one? Other than, yeah, Audrey and Rick. Anybody else? You know, we have two of them. I've, I've written in mine, but I'd be glad to at least loan it to you. And I can read Richard's this week. Put mine in the lines with the right one. Yep. No. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> that's okay. I'll order it quick, and I'll get it to them quick. Okay, I'm happy to do that. Okay. I have an extra, too. Monica, I'll order it, and I'll... Uh, I'll get it to them quick. And, and I've already told them I can give them a PDF of some of the chapters so they can kind of get caught up. That's very kind of you. Thank you. I would love for everybody to have it so there's no obstacles to reading it. Um, so read chapters four through six. And has this been a pretty good book so far? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, if you have read three chapters now and you hate it and you don't want to touch it anymore, fine. But I encourage you to keep going. Chapters four through six. And then I've got, a, I've got an actual writing assignment for you. Okay. So come, whether it's on a piece of scrap paper or it's typed up or it's in a notebook paper, but I've, I'm giving you this assignment, okay? You have homework. Write a small paper taking a problem a person might have and pointing to Christ as the answer. So this is a critical thinking exercise. I want you to do some of this work. It's up to you, right? Uh, you know, a, 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 an obnoxious teenage girl that they're having trouble raising. Can you take that problem and help somebody figure out how does this point to Jesus? A difficulty with a manager at work, a death in the family, a financial crisis. Take some kind of problem and I mean where this would best be, where, where you would get the most benefit from this is think about some kind of conversation you've had with somebody recently who's expressed some kind of problem. And then think about how that particular problem points ultimately to Christ, okay? Or the other option is, Write out the gospel in your own words. We've given you some, you know, some ways to articulate the gospel. It's an invitation to follow Jesus. It's a need for repentance. It's, you know, a relationship with God. Take some time to sit down and write out in your own words how you would kind of articulate what the gospel is. Okay? Any questions on the homework assignment? Yes. I will not make you read them out loud, but I would like you to actually complete them and, and so that you can intend to hand, like, you'll hand it in to me. I would love to read those. Um, so I guess if it's something that you feel like you want to keep, then type it up so that you can have your own copy. You don't even have to put your name on it. Yes. Will you grade them for the prizes? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> you will be graded. And if you don't, if you don't get at least a C plus in the class, we won't permit you to do evangelism. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Any other questions on the assignment? All right. I don't think it'll take you more than 15 or 20 minutes. And maybe if it takes you longer than that, then that's that's a good thing. You need to put some thought into it. All right. Somebody willing to uh, close us in prayer? All right, Richard. Thank you. Holy Father, we do worship you as our God and our King, our provider, <clears throat> um, for uh, providing a means of uh, salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, uh, we want to open our hearts and minds to you, uh, your stirrings, that we might be able to share your love with others. 
change our hearts so that we see others and, and are able to love them the way that you love us. Mm. Um, thanks for uh, Gabe and Grady and the effort they put into this. We just pray that uh, you bring much fruit from the efforts uh, here and the study and the time that people uh, are spending. Mm. We thank you and we pray all this name in Jesus. Amen. Amen.